Coming up, Kyrie Irving returns to Brooklyn, and along with Luka Doncic, lights the Brooklyn Nets on fire, burning them down 119-107. We break down the loss, the terrible game plan, and ultimately how this team proceeds towards the deadline. All coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you'll find Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you, as always, for making us your first list of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. And let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. And Doug... This feels eerily familiar to rinse and repeat in terms of a lazy effort from the Brooklyn Nets to start this game, an awful game plan, and really just no opportunity as Ben Simmons played tonight to have a little bit of fun juice, at least for, I don't know, 60 seconds. Yeah, got a little juice with Ben Simmons in the starting lineup. That's still down pretty bad here with some of the injuries that they suffered in the long term. Old friend Kyrie Irving back in the building. No tribute video, I should say. They just welcomed back uh, Kyrie Irving, Markeith Morris, and Seth Curry with a little thanks for thanks for being around for a little while. And uh, let's go play the game. Surprising <laughs> kind of to thing. tribute to, to Seth Curry, but not to Kyrie. It was an interesting choice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but you're right. Though. The way the game started, the Nets just really lacked any juice. They had multiple times to kind of get back in the game late. They did sort of turn it on in the second half a little bit more to pull themselves back into the game. And we could talk about that, like sort of like what swung the tide. But, yeah, just to start this game, there was – it seemed to be a very loose slash no game plan uh, of how to deal with the Kyrie uh, and Luka tandem. And it really just showed and it kind of came out in different versions of confusion, sort of like low effort. And when you combine those two things together, it just is going to look bad. And really for a, a major part of this game, it did look really bad. They were able to turn it around a little bit in the second half. So I don't want to just like totally ignore mm -hmm. that, but they just had dug themselves such a hole against a team like this and two sort of generational offensive talents, which the Dallas Mavericks have, you're just not going to be, it's going to be really hard to come back against a team like this, right? Cause they can just dial it in and they can dagger you. And that's basically what they ended up doing late. And it was mostly born out of what sort of started early. Yeah, combined for 71 points to Kyrie Irving and Luka. They go a combined 10 of 21 from beyond the arc. And you mentioned it there. You know, the effort piece is what bothers me here. Yes, the Nets are shorthanded, right? They're missing a lot of guys. His first game sure. back for Kyrie, I think, in six games for Dallas as well, dealing with a thumb injury. But the frustrating part is, on paper, with the injuries the Nets currently have, you don't expect to necessarily win this game. But in the third quarter, when the Brooklyn Nets go on a 12-2 run and get it and get it down to single digits, you think, hey, all right, there is a little bit of juice here. But then they get absolutely blitzed by Luka, daggers, threes from all over the court, and it blows back up to a near 20-point lead going to the fourth. They do it again. They fight back. To watch the third and fourth quarters of this game, that's all you needed. Four quarters of that, and I would have lived with the results. It could have been the exact same, 119-107 final score. But if you played the way you did midway through the third, let's say, and then into the fourth quarter, I can live with the results because we understand you are shorthanded. They tried Ben Simmons and Nicholas Claxton on the court together. We can discuss when that did not work. But, but ultimately, 
it, it does come down to game plan and effort. And it just didn't seem like the Brooklyn Nets, Jacques Vaughn, the coaching staff, the players were terribly interested in this for the first 24 minutes. Yeah, early on in the game, uh, they tried to start throwing some doubles and blitzes at Luca, and you know, just, just lazy, sort of made slow blitzes. Very slow. It was almost like it was hard to tell if it was a bad communication or just laziness. Like because sometimes, sometimes there is communication issues, right? Like whether you're going to bring everyone like up to the level of the screen and kind of like go after the blitz. Mm -hmm. And like there were times where it felt like the guys just like weren't really sure if they should be or not, and that can look like laziness or it can look like confusion. Because if you're like half in and half out, you might not know. Oh, should I be doing this now or not? Right. Regardless, right. it doesn't matter. The result was the same. Whereas that, like Luca, who's seen this a million times in his career, when you throw these doubles at him, he just will make the very, he doesn't spend too much time on it. He makes the first read. And now all of a sudden, it's basically four on three, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? For, the, for them. Kyrie cooked a couple of those matchups, not all. Some were times where he was taking in a Cam Thomas, who they really picked on defensively. Sometimes he was just kind of cooking in a way that like, you know, he pulled up over Jalen Wilson for a you know, heat check three at one point. So like there was a, there was a few different things going on, but it really did look like the Nets were unaware that they were playing Luca and these guys uh, like going into That's the, the best game. way to encapsulate it. Right. And, I, and I think that like, that was the troubling, that was the troubling sign was that early. On. And again, by the way, like again, they, later on, they did make adjustments that kind of did work uh, ish, but early on, it just looked it looked like they just really had no plan at all. And if yeah. you're gonna if you're not gonna be fully committed to a trapping style against Luca or be fully committed to like switch everything or whatever and really know like he's just too good. He's the best. I mean, he's at worst the second best offensive player in basketball, like yeah. depending on where you want to put Jokic, right? So like it's just you just can't be half in on a guy like him. And when you put Kyrie next to him, like you're really gonna be just in so so much trouble. These guys are superstar talents on the offensive end. You can't not have a very set plan and have everyone a hundred percent aware of what you're going to do. Because if, if that's going to happen, you're going to see what we got in this first half where they were outscored 65, 47, yep. right? And the game at that point basically felt over. And if you're just going to allow that to happen, you just you're, you're not going to be able to beat these teams. They're just too good. By the way, 18 rebounds, 17 of them defensive for Luka Doncic in this one to go along with his nine assists as well. And you mentioned it there, right? You can you can make decisions about how you want to defend Luka, how you want to def defend Kyrie. I know we'll talk about some other sequences here, but I will just say in, in this moment, you see in the second half when they start to put Claxton in ISO defending against Luka, right? Yeah. Now, is it always going to be, is he always going to win that matchup? No, but you saw him win several, several possessions of it, and it looked starkly better than what they had going on in the first half. And I think if you're going to start this game with Ben Simmons and Nicholas Claxton on the floor together, then that's the, that's the choice you have to make from the word go. You go defend him one-on-one. -on -one. Ben Simmons helps with the rebounding and then you round the basket stuff, right? You're going to have to sacrifice something here. We know a good Claxton is near the basket, but I think right now with where their games are, you want Claxton taking that assignment away from the basket and live with the results. Instead, there were so many sequences where you end up with two, quote, bigger bodies in Simmons and Claxton sharing a lot of the same kind of space and effectively giving plus assignments across the board for the Dallas offense and a lot of easy looks for some of the role players around the basket as well. And and with those Claxton with that Claxton um, switch that they made the adjustment that they made where they just like sort of basically put a Claxton on Luca and said yeah. you know and but you got to remember like Dallas is going to adjust to that too like they adjusted within three or four possessions to that they just brought the screener really high like basically right at half court and then you make Claxton navigate screens 
really far away from the basket. Mm -hmm. And that's how you kind of undo that. So basically with, with Dallas, you have to throw lots of different looks at them. And one of the looks cannot be 50% jogging into a blitz, <laughs> right? Like that can't be that. that that's going to be it. Soft jogs towards the perimeter. As, as that's Lucas just going to be it. Yeah. If that's going to be it, like I can already tell you what's going to happen. Right. Like, and so again, like these teams are always going to adjust. Like you, it's not like you can just put Claxton on Luka Doncic starting at the tip and then go all 48 minutes with that. Like there's, yeah. there are ways around it, right? Like just make them navigate screens, get them further away from the basket, right? Like make a quick decision so that like, you know, put it in Kyrie's hands so he can blow by a defender. That's really space. Like there's lots of ways to navigate around that, but it just like took a little too long for them to get there. And they really didn't leverage the advantage they had by playing Simmons and Claxton together early to start the game. Like that's what they have. They have to leverage this. If you're going to give it away from the spacing on the other end, you have to leverage the defensive prowess and athleticism on the defensive end. And they just really didn't do it. So it ended up being kind of worse of both worlds. Let's talk about here coming up in one second, the very quiet 28-point performance from Mikhail Bridges, another offensive struggle from Cam Thomas that came with two key silver linings and the ways in which the Ben Simmons and Nicholas Claxton pairing did not work out. We'll get into that in just one moment. All right, before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy? It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, so much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You always find exactly what you're looking for. It's got the eBay guaranteed fit too. You so see your parts guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All the parts you need, the prices you want, it's easy to burn your car, uh, turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. And when you're done with that, head on over to our friends at Prize Picks. It's demon time on Prize Picks. You can win up to 100 times your money. Let me say that again. You can win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks, and you can turn $10 into a thousand demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks squares marked with red demons and green goblins get you a different payout so you can win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks i was taking a look at some of these prize picks demon and goblins uh they got all kinds of different stuff happening for this sunday uh going you know more or less on the receiving yards for like you know, kelsey you go more or less on the touchdowns for uh, McCaffrey. That's a little bit what you're getting. And the, and the payouts change too. So it's really fun to look at where these uh, demons and goblins are showing up because you're going to see some numbers that are really going to make your eyes pop out <laughs> when you go to prize picks. But that's because prize picks is daily fantasy made super easy. They made they took all the best parts of daily fantasy, eliminated the hard parts like salary, sharks in the water, just going more or less on those prize picks projections. And they sliced and diced it so many different ways just for Sunday's game. I mean, it's like rush yards, receptions, rush plus receptions, plus touchdowns, uh, fantasy score, passing TDs, field goals made. That's just a sample of what you're getting over there at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA. First deposit match up to $100. Uh, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 
All right, so as we continue the post-game podcast, Brooklyn Nets fall at home 119-107 to to the Dallas Mavericks. I'd like to say that the score is about where, where it was in terms of what happened here, but the Nets were down by 20-plus, maybe 30 at one point in this game, and tried to claw their way back into it. Now, the thing, as we I think we, we do when the Nets are a team that's well below 500, they have these struggles, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now, is to look at some players here. I mentioned, I'll get to Bridges here in a second, but Cam Thomas has another difficult shooting night, 6-16, six yeah. just 1-3 of three from deep, gets to the line four times. I will say, you could tell, I think that that he feels like, and, and probably justifiably, he has done enough now already in his young career to be more deserving of some of these calls, some of the physical play. It feels like you know guys of a certain level get those whistles, and he has not to this point. But I will just say, eight uh, eight rebounds in this game and eight assists, career yeah. high in assists in this game. It, 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 like you have to look beyond the loss at this point and just talk about a young player developing. Only 16 points, but this is the thing we always point to. If you're going to have an off shooting night, you can still be on the court. You can still have value if you find ways to help other players be successful. Great example tonight for him of being able to do that. Yeah, for a guy that we were never sure if he was going to be able to put together the passing piece, I mean, that's really coming around in a big way. Uh, He was on kind of triple-double watch here, right? 16, 8, and 8 in 37 minutes. And to even be thinking about that with him, uh, I know he was minus 19. He got picked on all night on defense. Like, it was not another, like, sort of just bad shooting night for him, just really inefficient shooting night. Maybe there was some frustration there as well. I'm willing to take the positives just because of where we are in the Cam Thomas Cam Thomas timeline, right? Like we're just at a point now where little pieces of growth in his game are good things. It's not going to be there every single night. He's just not that guy yet. Um, and he's and just the nature of how he plays. There's going to be inefficiency in the shooting just because he takes really difficult shots at times. Yep. He makes those difficult shots at a clip that most other players can't. But if you're going to take a lot, many difficult shots at volume, you're going to have these kinds of nights every once in a while. I think overall, like, you know, maybe he, maybe he shouldn't close this game. I mean, they were down, right? But, like, it would have been a tough call, I think, late game here to under, like to think about whether or not he should have closed because, like, the mm-hmm. defense was a real bad problem. Yeah. In this one, like this is a, this is a really tough matchup for him. Like two superstar guards, and one of them's huge. Like he's really down bad in yeah. terms of like defense, like being able to hang defensively. But again, I'm not even like knocking him. I think that overall, the eight assists, the rebounds, or whatever. I think that's just kind of. I don't know if that's that's byproduct. Yeah, like, but if if the assists and these were like purposeful too, like they were good reads. Like he saw some doubles come early. He was able to get into the flow, get into the lane. And instead of trying to jack up sort of like a head half swiveled around shot, mm-hmm. finding, finding open shooters when defense collapsed. I think like that's just a massive sign of growth for him. So I think that we're, I'm willing to even in a kind of a bad loss, look at this game as just another stepping stone for him to say, okay, he's got this in his bag he's beginning to make the right reads he's beginning you know actually it's funny like i was thinking about this when i saw him make one of the passes he's not the same guy but i remember thinking about this at bruce brown when bruce brown started mm. making like the short roll passes the next and you're like yeah. oh yeah. hold on okay we got something here i had like the same sort of like moment thinking about cam when he just rolled into the lane again i'm not comparing the type of passes at all they it's clearly totally different players i'm just saying like the recognition that he was starting to see the game a little faster because that's what the passes are. You just you, for him, it's he's seeing the game faster, and I think that's a really critical part of his growth. 
Yeah, if you look at 6 of 16, as I mentioned here, a month ago, maybe even as little as a month ago, that's 23 shots from him, right? Maybe it's 8 of 23 on a yeah. night like this and 4 assists or 3 assists or 2 assists, right? So, again, you'd like it to be coming in a winning effort, but I think that balance of his game is what matters in his next step of his development. The other thing is you mentioned, yeah, he's a minus 19 in this game. Guess what? The next worst player in that category is Mikhail Bridges, who in 39 minutes, 11 to 21, this is, again, you look at the box score, 5 of 11 from deep, gives you 28 points, but to watch this game, especially early, I mean, this is also team wide, by the way, he had, he went one for three from beyond the arc early in the game, but they, it was, it was possession after possession of trying to find specific sets and getting him these open looks. And he just didn't seem it is a back-to-back -back. both teams were on it, but he just didn't seem to have the, the, the engagement, the drive. And even though the numbers look good by the end of it, it really was, if we're talking about who are your best players, right? He needs to take on that role, especially offensively when you have no Cameron Johnson in this game, no Dorian Finney-Smith, right? You're missing a lot of key pieces here. And this is, I don't even want to knock him, but it's just another reminder. Like he's not that guy where you could say, okay, go toe to toe with Kyrie Irving for a quarter and a half here. And let's see if we can get ourselves into this game. It's not going to be the way it is. He's going to get his in his spots as it naturally comes in the flow of the game. I think what's going to be a recurring theme for us, like, uh, you know, through the trade deadline and through the rest of the season and beyond is that when the games are like this, right. When it's like you get 39 minutes from bridges and 37 from cam. And I think those minutes are really encouraging, especially for cam Thomas here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but they're going to combine for 44 points. I, I could just pretty basically tell you what's the score. I could basically tell you what the, if the nets won or lost, mm -hmm. right? Like they, they rely on these guys a ton for the offense, especially when, the starting lineup is if you're going to put Simmons in the starting lineup, which I appreciated the effort by Vaughn to at least try that. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that was a fine move, but if they're not going to be able to score at like pretty heavy clips, there's just not enough scoring prowess in the rest of this lineup. Like Dinwiddie doesn't really want to go to the rim or do anything anymore. Really? Like yeah. with all, with all that much frequency, who even knows if he's going to be on the team much longer, you know, Simmons isn't going to shoot and Claxton, He's just if he's getting lobs, then great or a little turnaround to the basket, but like he's not creating a lot of his offense. So basically, what ends up happening is if these guys are going to be like the the significant volume of shooting, they just have to score a lot. And yeah. the nights where it's going to the nights where they're struggling, it's really such an uphill climb for this offense. And if they stick with the starting lineup, I don't think they will. Um, although it will be interesting to sort of see what they do when Cameron Johnson comes back, when Dorian Finney Smith comes back if he doesn't get traded. But right, like. I just think when we look at the box, even just looking at the box score at the end of the night, forget about just like analyzing every single shot. Yeah. Looking at the box score every night, when we see these kinds of struggles with the efficiency, the Nets just don't have any, they don't have enough behind these guys. You know, Lonnie Walker, you're going to get your Lonnie Walker games in here and there, but he didn't play tonight. So like they just, it's just going to be tough. And I, I think both these guys are like, you know, well above average scorers, obviously, but the Nets, just rely on them way more than like most other teams would in similar situations. Right. The hierarchy would be very different on almost every other team. If you had these you would two think. players, if you walk, if you went through, like if you went through every other NBA, NBA team and put these guys on that team, there'd be someone, there'd be at least there'd one. be more, ju there'd be more juice. And, yeah. and, and honestly, that's like the most disappointing thing about the Dinwiddie season. Right. Cause like really you would think he would be like, sort of like that guy, like, Hey, we need to settle down. Let's run some pick and roll, but they just don't do that anymore. Yeah, uh, no, and like yeah. tonight really would have been the night to do it too. Like against a sort of centerless Dallas team, like tonight would have been the night to do it. But they just don't. They seem so uninterested in running that kind of scheme anymore.
Yeah, it seems like again, as we said all season long, the 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 pace of development and scheme building and figuring out how these pieces fit together always seems to be a half a step behind what feels like would be solid games plan game plans on a night to night basis. Coming up here in a second, what do we learn coming off of this bench unit? Jock Vaughn almost went with a bold strategy with some of the young players, and beyond Claxton and Simmons sharing the court together, there was another reminder of what can go wrong when Ben Simmons is on the floor. We'll get into that in just one moment. All right, before we get to that, tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Look, when it comes to buying tickets, the ticket buying experience should be fun. You're going out to have fun at the game, at the concert, at the comedy show, at the play, whatever it is, the musical, leave it. You're excited for what you want to go see. You do not want to get bogged down in a rough ticket buying experience. That's why Game Time has you covered. They have you not worrying about it. Get you there fast and easy with the tickets you want to get. Like I said, sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. They get killer last-minute deals. They get all-in prices. Views from your seat so you know what you're going to be seeing exactly when you sit down. Best price guarantee if you head over to Game Time right now. they got a bunch of net stuff going on. Uh, starting at $14, Cavs at Nets on uh, Thursday the 8th. Okay. San Antonio at the Nets on the 10th on Saturday starting at $41. Little Victor Wembanyama coming to town. Come on, stop it. On Tuesday. Celtics and Nets gets a little pricier there, $72. It's all there for you over on game time. Like I said, best deals right up to the last minute, right up to the start of the event. It's all there for you. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code locked on, just like our podcast network, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, so as we tie a bow here on the Locked On Nets podcast, the 119-107 loss for the Brooklyn Nets at home to the returning Kyrie Irving. No tribute video provided on the front end of this one. We remind you to go over to wegotnets.com and sign up for the free ebook, Five Stories in Five Days, all about the Brooklyn Nets franchise, going all the way back to the Jersey days. Some great moments, some sad times. And guess what? That's what it is being a Nets fan. Wegotnets.com, free ebook. Sign up with your email and you will be alerted as we continue to roll out some great content over there as well. Now, we talk about coming into this game, all of the injuries. So you get the spark here with the idea that we're going to run with, with a little bit of a deeper roster here. You get Clowney. Clowney comes in here, and I'll be honest with you. Maybe his development is a little bit further along than we initially thought when they drafted him. However, it only took a couple of sequences where base, he was getting bounced around like a ping pong ball in the paint at, at times to, to, the, to the point where he got bounced into Spencer Dinwiddie on an offensive set trying to go to the basket. So you weren't able to play much of him. Are you, I'm not going to say surprised, are you disappointed that Trendon Watford stepped in for three minutes and got immediately taken off the court here? We know Dennis Smith Jr. is going to get his. Royce O'Neal again, some late threes that helped make this game a little bit interesting in the third and fourth quarters. But you're depleted, you are short on your rotations, and Jock Vaughn just doesn't choose to go with a little bit more size, a little bit more length to at least help out in the rebounds, at least mitigate some of the size disadvantage, especially when you have someone like Luka in that backcourt. Buddy, Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson's looking over I here. Saving, being like, I was hey. saving that. I was saving that for my thing. I want to <laughs> dump all these guys first and then get to Jalen Wilson, the jewel of the Brooklyn Nets franchise. Jalen Wilson's shrugging his shoulders, be like, hey, man, what did I have to do for some, for Adam to notice me? <laughs> you know what? Fine. Let's, let's cut right to it because I, I have been the advocate for him for so long, going back to the All-Star break, saying if you draft a guy of his age, you need to play him sooner rather than later. Yeah. And when you look at his line in 18 minutes, three of seven from the field, two of three from deep, four rebounds, two assists, a steal. Really, 
eye test tells you a lot. Ten points for him in this game. It's that he's he has an NBA body. He even stayed and ran with Kyrie Irving towards the basket defensively at times. He does more than steal. Strip stripped the once. Yes, yeah, pulled one away there and triggered and triggered a bit of a fast break for the Brooklyn Nets. He's shown enough. There's just no world here. And we I've said this before. This is a great illustration of it. There's no world where he has not at least inserted himself into the. I'm a part of the NBA level roster that if you're looking for minutes, I should be the guy's number that you call more often than not. Yeah, this is a really encouraging game from him. Um, and I do wonder, as we talk about the trade deadline uh, coming up here on the next episode and later if, on YouTube, if you're still if you're hanging around here, but that I wonder if games like this not like make you confident because he's been really playing pretty well in the G League. But like if if you're like, OK, at some point, we just need to start playing some of these guys. And based on his age, sort of his and his specs and everything, that he can just be, you know, a Dorian Finney-Smith or, you know, Royce O'Neal replacement. He's not going to be as good as those guys, clearly, right now. I, I think that's not really what I'm saying. But I, but that we would always know that. And right. at some point, you just have to be w- willing and able to play some of these guys. It's been a little slow in the development uh, with this coaching staff in terms of getting guys on the court, I think. but. Yeah, in terms of what you saw tonight, I mean, he looked very confident. Yep. He looked, and it's like one of those things too, like as you may said, Clowney, like he just looks filled out, right? And this is what happens when you get drafted after your four years of college as opposed to, you know, after your freshman year, right? The four-year, three- or four-year difference makes a big difference in just overall body type, mu- muscular structure, like everything yeah. else. You're yeah. just more filled out. And Jalen Wilson is already there. Not the most, you know, fastest and twitchiest guy, but pretty smart sort of understands where he's supposed to be on the court. Very tough minutes here against guys like Kyrie and Luca, where he had to pick up some of those assignments. Like he's going against just veteran guys here. And if you just were dropped out of the sky tonight and you watch your first basketball game, you would not know that this guy had like barely played NBA minutes. Right. Right. right? Like, and I think that's a good sign. That's a compliment, right? It's like, it's like he looked like he belonged on the court in not in a not easy matchup. And what I like about versions like this, and this is why I'm always a proponent for trying to play these young guys more. It's one thing when you get like the Milwaukee game and you're like, young guys get to play, roll the balls out in the court. We'll see what happens. Right? right. Like here it's, Hey, you one young guy, go play with all the guys that have been playing together and fit right. in. That's just such a different experience than we're tanking go or not tanking, but like we're, we're, we're punting this game. night off for the night off for the real squad B team go in there. Right. Cause yeah. no one's got any chemistry, whatever you, but you get with four guys that kind of have, maybe have some chemistry together. Then you can start gelling a little better. And I think that that's really need to take opportunities to try to do this more. He looked, he looked like he belonged. Yeah. Nose for the ball as well, which we've, we've seen from him in the G league, the summer league and the small sample size offensively and defensive rebounds. You mentioned about kind of, kind of gets it, understands the angles, finds a way to use his body and get in there and be active. Obviously phenomenal. And we're going to talk about him more extensively, as Doug said, when we give our trade preview episode coming up uh, on our next on the feed and also later tonight. But let's just close out on this last note here. And it's not to take anything away from if you go in and look 20 minutes from Ben Simmons, that's encouraging more minutes from him. He's starting lineup. He was a plus plus one in this game tonight. Yeah. Also, seven I, shots. I think the game would have been different. I think the game would have been different if he wasn't on a minutes limit. Like, I think well, that so- like. So here's the fascinating thing about that, because maybe it would have, right? Because the, the defensive value, certainly, obviously the pace offensively, everything that he brings to that. But there was also, especially with Claxton, there was a couple of moments when they had a little two-man game working on the offensive end for a, yeah. for a little layup early on. And I was like, well, this is how we all drew this up, right? Just a two-man non-shooter game. But even when Claxton was out and it was just Simmons, you keep getting this reminder 
There are these moments when players are going into the paint and Simmons is anticipating for the rebound, trying to get positioning. If that shot doesn't go up, all of a sudden, it, it is just bodies bumping around off yeah. of one another where they're not sure. The shooter isn't sure. If, should I hand it to Ben Simmons? He's not usually inclined to go up with this. You give it to him. He's looking for someone on the outside. There's only three other players to throw to. So there was still this, this clunkiness, right? And when you don't have Johnson and, and uh, Lonnie Walker and Dorian Finney-Smith, right? You need to have volume of shooters at all times so that there's always the outlet and so that Ben Simmons doesn't get caught in that bit of no-man's land. So it's still just a reminder here. There is this, this clunky nature to it, but I do agree with you. Give me 25 minutes of Ben Simmons, 26 yeah. minutes of Ben Simmons tonight. Maybe this late-game sequences go a little bit different for them. Yeah, and like I don't want to just like go the lily here because he's barely played, and we just need to – I think they it clearly need to take a very slow approach with him. Um Seven shots though, with a few like sort of nice finishes with sort of with power at the rim. That's a good sign, yeah, right? Yeah. I think he was did did put up a couple like sort of mid range, at least two little middies that um both missed, but whatever. Like I just like you gotta you have to at least try them. And so break out to the shot, went to the line, right? One to two. Hey, we'll yeah, take seven it. shots in twenty minutes for a guy who's <laughs> averaging way less than that on a per minute on a per minute uh, basis. Nine uh, seven we'll and nine triple double watch for this guy in twenty minutes. All right, so rough, rough game. Still, still some positives to take from this team. Look, that's just I think where we're going to be with this Nets team, right? We're going to need to take the positive of the negatives. I think we're where they are, and we'll talk about this for the trade deadline. Where they are as a team is on a night to night basis. I think there's going to be some nights that are rough, but if we can keep seeing growth from guys like Cam Thomas, keep Ben Simmons healthy, like there are paths to for this team to get better for sure. And, and there are going to be games where they put it all together too. All right, if you are in YouTube right now, stick around because Adam and I are going to roll through some trade deadline scenarios here leading into Wednesday and Thursday. If uh, if not, if you're on the podcast feed, you're going to get this as a separate podcast, but it's just a good reminder to make sure that you're tuned into what's happening on YouTube because that's where you're going to get the live stuff happening after games. Visit wegotnets.com. Grab that free ebook as well. I think it's a lack of hope that comes and gets you. See, I believe in hope. I believe in belief. That's Theodore Lasso. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow and in a moment on YouTube talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Basketball.